It's been a while since Stafford Marcy and I caught up. Uh, we are, of course, going to be on the stage at the Biz News Conference in March next year. 28 keynote speakers, Stafford will be one of them, will be uh, blown away as always uh, by what he's going to be telling us there. But today we want to talk about Bitcoin. I asked if he could just explain to us what the heck has been going on. Bitcoin has been rocketing. It's the Bitcoin bullet nowadays. Why and is this the end of another surge or is there more to come? Steph, good to be talking with you. Let's just start with the conference. It's just around the corner, really. It's it's hard to think that we're in November and uh, in March, we're going to be getting together just before the election, it seems, which will be a a few months thereafter. But we're going to be talking again, as we seem to do at every single conference, about stuff that's just changing all our horizons. And I guess that's, that's happening in your world, in your, in the, whole world of technology all the time. Yeah, I think if you take a look at the last couple of conferences that I have presented, I think the last three, um, I kind of have, and I told you so, and I told you so, and I really, really told you so. (laughs) I think when the last one was AI, because AI had really broken force, I think that November, December time period last year, and I got on stage and I said, hey folks, it's here, I've always spoken about AI, but it's here. And I kind of gave the framework around AI and I spoke about open AI and where it should go. And and you're going to see what's happened. It's extraordinary. It's stock impact that it's had, the macroeconomic impact it's had. And that's been interesting to watch. And I've always, since day one, I think the first time I got up, I spoke about Bitcoin. And I told everyone it was, you know, it was fire, it was the wheel, and it's Bitcoin, right? And I, and I continue saying that over and over and over. You know, we can't get a, a better fire. You can't get a better wheel. And you can't get a better asset. You can't reinvent this thing. This thing is just so beautiful if you start understanding it. And I think as we watch the price, and when it goes down, then the interest on the WhatsApp group that we have on the business WhatsApp group kind of tapers off. And you see people don't ask me about, as soon as the price pops up, that group starts, you know, people want to know why, what's going on, where are things going? And, and I get pulled into conversations like this, you know, should I be investing right now? Is this thing real now? And I think what Bitcoin's done over the last, 24 months to 36 months, I think it's gone through its its legitimacy period. I think, you know, that question around, is it going to go away? Is it real? Um, is this a, like a side for punk thing? You know, what's, I think we've gone through that period right now. And I think we're still kind of in that. I think we'll really see the bedding down that's happening. I think the substrate of what this thing needs. Um, truly being in place, I think beginning to middle of next year, I think the breakthrough moment for this as an asset class, as a piece of technology will be 2024, irrespective of what's happening right now. I still feel we're in that period of, is this thing legitimate? But I think when people like Larry Fink gets up from BlackRock, right? From calling this, like really being negative about it just three years ago to today saying it is the asset that he deems it the flight to quality. And for somebody like that to say, for Fidelity to publish out the paper, uh, that they did, which I shared with the group this afternoon in the business community. I mean, that paper legitimizes Bitcoin and talks about why Bitcoin's different from crypto and all these other altcoins that are out there. And it positions it very clearly and, and it encourages the investors to take a look at that. I think 
And then you got the spot ETF noise that's happening. And you got this FASB noise, the Fair Accounting Standards Board coming out and saying, hey, we're going to put rules in place. They voted to put fair accounting rules in place for Bitcoin, which makes it a legitimate asset on your balance sheet. So you can account for it. If it goes down, you account for it. When it goes up, you can account for it without having to sell it. And so it's just, it's an incredible time to be a, in that I told you so moment. Because we went from cypherpunks, you know, people that before the exchanges existed, there were cypherpunks. The only way you earned Bitcoin was when you mined Bitcoin and you earned Bitcoin, right? So it was an earning model. And then the exchanges came along. They kind of latched onto this and they created fiat um, on ramps and off ramps where you could take your money and buy Bitcoin or you could cash out your Bitcoin for whatever currency that you and I think that cypherpunk world, then we moved into the exchange world, it was still the domain of the few, right? And then we had organizations buying it, but it was first movers. We had MicroStrategy buying, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And then Tesla got it. And that was interesting to watch, how big money was starting to pour in, and we, we called it whales. And then the big problem that we had there was people were worried about a couple of things. Number one, the exchanges were getting hacked, and people were questioning Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin got hacked. No, no, it's not Bitcoin. The exchange got hacked. They were holding the keys, but not Bitcoin itself. And people had to like kind of get that phrasing in their head. And then we had corporations entering, and they were, the big question was: Are these whales going to move the price? And can like three or four people do something to Bitcoin and then like move it in, in influence? And it was the question: Are the are the whales an issue for Bitcoin? And we jumped over that. So now we have more institutional in, or retail investment than we have institutional or individual whale investment. We had to get through that, and then. You know, after that period of time, it was, okay, where is this thing going? Is this thing going to be around? And I think it celebrated its 15th birthday this week, which is incredible. Um, and it's never been hacked. It's never gone down. It's the world's largest computer. It is the only, it's now recognized finally by Larry Fink. Juran Timmer came out today, uh, the guy from Fidelity. Um, he's one of the key macro strategists. And he's calling it exponential gold. Larry Fink saying flight to quality. The guy called Mohammed Al Arian, the investor, the Bloomberg professor guy, says it's a flight to safety. I mean, these are, these are, this is insane. Mm. Guy, just a year ago, if you had to tell me Larry Fink was going to come out and say Bitcoin is a flight to quality, out of luck. And, and that's happening. But Stafford, why are so many people who fancy themselves as pundits, I'm talking about commentators, and quite a few of them here in South Africa, Still saying there's a lot of rubbish, it's a scam. When, when, you know, without being unfair to them, if I put their intellect next to yours, they, they're kind of worlds apart. Now, someone as smart as you gets it. Someone who's not so smart but has got a big platform says, no, this is rubbish and it's, it's a scam. Just how, how would, is that arrogance or is it ignorance or the ignorance of arrogance perhaps? Or is it just because they haven't had their eyes opened? Well, take a look at the BlackRock journey, right? Look at the BlackRock journey. When, when they came out, they were they thought this was a complete scheme. There was they thought this was a pyramid scheme. When the words that they were giving it was quite extraordinary. And and then they kind of looked at it, and then they went through the path that I see everyone goes through. They go through like, is this legitimate? Is this just rubbish? And then they play around with it. They start to do the homework. And when you do the homework on Bitcoin, Bitcoin is not just a speculative asset. Bitcoin is it's the world's first digital commodity. We've never had a digital commodity in the history of your ever. I mean, think about that for a second. So it's going to take a while for people to get the digital aspect of this, right? So so what, this limited supply, this 21 million, the math behind it, 
So it, it, I like the fact that it's taking time for certain individuals to get there because I don't want it to happen all at once. Because I think if it happens all at once, I think it will be a mess and I think it will break. And I, I just love the way it's doing it in this like year by year. We see this, but people do the homework. So they look at it and they keep looking at it and they keep looking at it. And the more and more you go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, the more and more you start understanding, wait a minute. Now, people that I, I speak to investment analysts, I speak to hedge fund managers, and they pull me into the rooms behind closed doors. And I've been doing a lot of that over the last two, three months where they pull me in at very reputable financial organizations in South Africa. And they ask me, what the hell is this? Tell, tell us a little bit more about it. So, so, so we're getting there. It, took, it takes education to get Bitcoin. It took me two years. It took me two years as a technologist to truly frame this in my head. And remember, I came from, at the time, building a company that was very deep into the bank fabric. I built a little device that plugged into a phone that took a card and create and did a card clearance over a mobile phone. I mean, that, that business, I was deeply enveloped in the annals of fiat, you know, working with banks and their, and their systems, etc. And then Bitcoin came along and I had a very skeuomorphic view of it. My first view of it was, this is rubbish, no way. It's like, it doesn't work. But as you start playing with it and you start reading more about it and you start grabbing, and I think what people need to do with Bitcoin right now is understand, don't run to go buy it. Don't run because the price is going up. Understand. Get, it, get the literature. Look at the white paper. Read it. Comprehend it. Put it into ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT to explain it to you as though you are 10-year-old. Like really get your mind and then take a step back and then take a look at the macro factors around it. It's something that's been around for 15 years. 90, you know, 3% of the supply has been mined. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's never been hacked. It's never gone down. And it's now being recognized by the leading financial operators in the world, not in a skeuomorphic way. Because what people do when they come into Bitcoin, they, they get it and then they immediately pivot to altcoins. So they go to all the other different coins that are out there. And then they, or they, they, and then they kind of get hurt on that. And then they say, okay, but wait a minute, we become blockchain people. So blockchain, we talk about blockchain all the time. And then they realize that, no, that's even rubbish, right? There's only one. And there's only one. There is no other. There is only one Bitcoin. There is not another Bitcoin. The, everything else is a copy of what Bitcoin is and its legitimacy, why it works the way it does and the magic behind it. And I, once you get it, it is extraordinary what happens to you. You become a fanatic. You can't sleep. You can't stop thinking about it. because. And when you take a look at all the macro factors around you right now in South Africa, I think it is irresponsible for a South African not to understand Bitcoin. I think it's irresponsible considering the political situation. If you take a look at the budget that we just heard about this, you know, this week, there are a lot of issues in the fiat world. There are a lot of issues in the traditional economic world. Um, and I think on a global basis, there's massive issues. I mean, Japan, I think today, just issued an announcement they're going to institute a $110 billion stimulus into the economy. Um, the United States has printed more dollars in the last 36 months than have ever been in existence. I think in 24 months, they printed 80% of all the dollars they were in existence in the last three years. This is great. There's no IPOs. There's no M&As. You know, people are realizing something is system systematically wrong in our global monetary policy and the way our currencies work. You know what's beautiful about Bitcoin, Alec? It makes the guy in the street understand what money is. That's what I love. Forget the institutional investor. I love what it does for the guy in the street. It makes you realize this is where money is. This is where it's coming from and to understand it better. But now we've just had here in South Africa 
this BHI Ponzi scheme. And it's starting to it's 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 starting to envelop. We heard today as well from the billions that have been invested. It's a hard word to say it, but certainly given to this Ponzi operator who's sitting in jail, who's admitted everything. There is four million rand left in the net bank account. Four million rand. That's it. That's all that's there. So people are looking at this and they're saying, well, you know, at some point in time, those in the financial, you know, the guy, the private clients at RMB, uh, they would have their little group uh, amongst themselves. And this was their secret because this guy was able to give them 12% a year. And he was a day trader, but he day traded in a particular way, i.e. it was something, it was a little bit like a cult. We knew how it worked. We knew. And it worked for a long time, years, actually decades, until it didn't, which is the way that Ponzi schemes operate. And I'm sure now, given that experience, people who've been burnt there are saying, oh, my goodness, no, I don't understand this Bitcoin. I want nothing to do with it. It could be another Ponzi scheme, et cetera. How do you answer that? So, so where do you go? We're gonna, so now you've done this Ponzi scheme. The guy's nailed. Where are you going to put your money? Where are you going to put your money today? Real estate. Oh, really? Um, really? Treasury. Really? You're going to buy equity in, in business? Really? Uh, Microsoft? You, you told me. <laughs> you were right I'm, there. I'm, I'm like, I think you, know, you know my view around tech stops and we can go crazy. But, I mean, but even there, you know, such an Nadella could come out tomorrow and say something shocking. Uh, we could find out something about Microsoft that we never knew. Um, so the risk is there. Bitcoin, it's open. You can go look at the source code, look at the math. <laughs> it is transparent. It has never been brought down. It speaks for itself. Bitcoin is not something that somebody needs to explain to you. If there's no intermediary, there's no third part, it is what it is. Go look at it. See how the math works. And because of everything that you experience in the traditional markets, because governments can debase a currency, because banks can suddenly shut down and tell you that you can only draw 200 rand a day from here on end, because title deeds in a deeds office can just be removed, because a CEO can just suddenly do something silly and you know completely debase the value of a stock, because keep going, and if you start unpacking bonds the real estate, take every single asset class in the world. If it's fiat based, there's no flight to safety right now. That's why Larry Fink says Bitcoin is a flight to quality. That's why this Timmer guy comes out saying it's exponential gold. That's why Mohammed Al Arian says it's a flight to safety. Why? Why are the leading economic minds in the entire world saying this about Bitcoin? Right? So that's my answer to the folks that just got done in is do the work. The beauty of Bitcoin is you can become sovereign. The beauty of Bitcoin is you can take your, your assets and you can hold it in your hands. You can store it in your head as long as you remember your passphrase. You can flee a country with everything that you have as long as it's Bitcoin with the clothes on your, on your body and all the capital in your head and you can get on the plane and you can leave. Can't do that with gold. You can be stocked with any other piece of metal um, a, a title deed can be taken away. Um, a bond can be manipulated by a government. Forex. I mean, there is nothing in the world today that you can go to better than Bitcoin. I don't know. You explain that to me. So you just came out of this Ponzi and this guy has just done you in. 
Okay, so now where are you going to put your money year after? An investor that's just been done in by Ponzi is exactly the person that should now take a step back and go read books like Broken Money by Lynn Alden. Go read the, the, the Bitcoin Standard by Safety. Read these books. Get to understand money. And then through that, you'll understand why Bitcoin is so beautiful because it gives you that power. It disintermediates you from the system. It gives you sovereignty. It gives you the ability to hold your assets in your hand without any government having the ability to take it away from you. And even if, it, even, it's, it's, even if it's by gunpoint and they shot you, there's no incentive to shoot a person when all their money's in their head. <laughs> you right? Because then it's lost forever. But Stafford, when I have a look at the way Bitcoin has performed, and you just take a, uh, take a five-year picture, which I'm looking at right now, it's come a long way from around 20,000 the beginning of the year. We're sitting at 35,000 today dollars right. per Bitcoin. Right. That is a sharp, almost, uh, well, 75% increase. What's caused that? And is that one of those surges, uh, a bit of volatility, a surge to be followed by a trough thereafter? Or how are you reading it? So first of all, let's talk about volatility, right? So if you talk volatility, don't look at Bitcoin and then wrap it in that volatility blanket. A lot of people do that. I would do the same with the markets. I'll do that with currencies. I could do that with a lot of things in the world right now. Real estate portfolios, there's a lot of volatility. I think, I think you know, we, we, I, 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 I love it when people talk about Bitcoin and then they bring this volatility word into the sentence. I think that's a misnomer. That's, um, that's a stereotype that we need to break. Um, I, I think that Bitcoin has a trend and there's a clear trend and it's been influenced by a lot of other things. So Bitcoin gets influenced by other altcoins and something happens in, in that altcoin world and it will impact Bitcoin. Something happens with um, Silicon Valley Bank, it will impact Bitcoin. Something happens with SBF and this big trial and FTX and all that noise that we've spoken about you and I before and that will affect Bitcoin. But what we see happening, it keeps shedding its skin. It keeps shedding that skin and it keeps shedding it and it's suddenly we're now seeing it detaching. And it is detaching away and it's becoming this like risk flight asset. It's where people are going. It feels very much like gold when gold had its first ETF noise. Um, you know, it kind of had that volatility, but then over the long run, people understood that this is what it is. It's you know, you, that you can depend on it. And these are the, the attributes of it. I think it's the same thing. I mean, since August 2020, um, it's up 162% versus the S&P 500. You know, if I take a look at the NASDAQ versus that, it's, um, the, the NASDAQ's up 18%. Bitcoin's up 147%. Gold since 2020 is down 3%, negative 3%. Bitcoin's up 147%. Silver down almost 20%. Bonds. So since 2020 up until today. Now, I will say this. If you are a trader, don't touch Bitcoin. Okay. Or, or touch Bitcoin, but I am not a trader. I don't understand trading. I've burnt myself. And, and I don't think it's a trading asset. I think it's an investing asset. I think it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a savings asset. I think it's like gold. I, I think it's better than gold. I think it outstrips gold in every aspect. Gold, the only thing gold has on it is history, that it's been around longer. But other than that, every attribute of gold, Bitcoin destroys performance, the attributes around what you can do with it, um, its speed, it's the time ratio aspect that beats gold. But if you're going to trade Bitcoin, then be a trader. But if you're an investor, if you're looking at where to put your, your pension money or where to put your savings, I can't think of a better place in the world right now from a quality and a safety perspective. And that comes from the top investment world. 
So if you, and for me, savings is something that you put something somewhere and you're not going to touch it for five years. Right? So don't, you cannot go near it for five years or more. You cannot touch it. And that's Bitcoin. So if you're looking to put your money anywhere for five years or more, I don't know of any other asset class in the world where you can put it safely with sovereignty, with control and predictability. Stafford, thanks for updating us and uh, giving us uh, giving the Bitcoin minimalists some more ammunition. And just to remind you that if you're a BizNews Premium subscriber, there is a special Bitcoin channel on WhatsApp that you can join. And Stafford is just a by member the way, there. Alex, before yep. we jump off, just mm -hmm. the last thing I want to say. Watch the Bitcoin ETF. When this spot ETF is finally issued to BlackRock and all the others that are in line, I think this is amazing. And, and I'll tell you why it's amazing. It's amazing because right now, people with more money than you and I are cannot buy Bitcoin, which is astonishing. Think about it. Microsoft cannot buy Bitcoin, right? So, I mean, they can't really account for it. It's a, it's a, the, the, the biggest the, uh, sovereign wealth funds can't buy Bitcoin. BlackRock has trillions of dollars, fidelity trillions of dollars. That money can't flow into Bitcoin today. You and I can buy Bitcoin, but that money, the richest things in the world, can't buy an asset that you and I can buy today. But that 200-lane superhighway is about to open up. When that spot ETF opens up, I mean, billions will flow into Bitcoin, conservatively speaking, because suddenly the barrier to entry will be gone. And spot ETFs give all the governance control, etc. It's the instantaneous way to acquire this asset. So... It's going to be very, very interesting when this occurs, how much money will start flowing into it. Um, but, and I think it will transition, and, and, I, and, and it's going to be interesting. But, I, but the word that I want to say to everyone out there, there's never been a better time to get it as an individual. It's never been easier because the biggest things in the world that could buy it can't buy it right now. You can. Uh, and again, this is not investment advice in any way or form. It's in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Marcy, and I'm Alec Hogg from BizNews.com.